steps, but it may not help after that at all. Where lighter may not improve those, but it may help you transitioning to an upright and some upright running. So I think the first stop for me is why are, what's the objective today? What are we working on? What distance and what skills are we working on? And that makes the decision on load. And we do a lot of uh, variance loads on acceleration runs, and we want to see how they're handling loads. So if we got 18 kilos versus 12 versus 6 versus 2, you know, are there any big changes in these uh, kinematic positions that we're seeing because that might give us an insight on what their bias is or where maybe we need to do a little bit more work so say we got an athlete that's excellent at lighter loads but a little bit heavier loads they change what their body is doing to keep it going well that kind of gives us an insight on where they're biased to solutions when they're in doubt or they're challenged yeah because they're going to go where they feel comfortable what they've done the, the most you're going to use your best bullet so we see a lot of uh field court sport guys have a lot of shin roll and knee drop on that front leg to start well, why are they doing that well that puts a huge stretch on the quadriceps because their best bullet is the quadriceps they don't know how to fire the glutes and the erectors they know how to fire the quad so they have a lot of shin roll drop that knee and get a great stretch on that quad and bam they hit a nice line and you're like see that line of attack it was awesome but the pelvis didn't go anywhere it actually went down before it came up and it didn't travel very far because you spent all that time dropping instead of being productive so the net looked really good but if you dig down into the nuances you didn't go anywhere and that wouldn't happen unless you were looking at that third fourth fifth step like you talked about yep now why like you know, even for me, I feel, I'm feeling stupid listening to him. Like, son of a gun, why didn't I think about that? Like, why, why aren't, why isn't that being talked about as much? Well, maybe it is, and I'm just the idiot. Like, that's fine. no, no, you no, can, no. <laughs> you can say this that. is common. I'm, I mean, this is a space I work in. I, I think it starts with first of all the resistance to a biomechanical model and the bandwidth allowances in that model. So people don't know where what the body segments and postures and angles are at various steps in a run. So if you don't have a model that you're analyzing against, why would you analyze it? Makes sense. So if you got a guy doing a 45 degree cut and you don't know what those first three or four steps out of the cut look like on a good mover versus a bad mover where you're analyzing components, then why would you even try to analyze if you don't know what they are? you going to come up with a bandwidth for like your hammer analogy. There's one way to swing a hammer with the, the bandwidth. Is there a hammer for changing direction on all sports? Or are you going to make a band? Are you going to make a bandwidth within each sport and then each position, or is it just going to be relative to size and body weight and relative strength? Oh, uh, yes. All the above. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I think you're going to have general postures, segmental positions and angles that address all sport. And then the width of that bandwidth might be sport development stage. It might be injury compensation. It might be time of season, you know, it could be health or, you know, all kinds of things. So the bandwidth is what fluctuates, but the model line doesn't fluctuate, if you will. 
Oh, that's that's again something to think about because you're right. Like I'm, I'm as we're talking, I'm thinking about like okay, yeah, if we're doing a 45 degree upcut, uh, the first thing I'm looking at is anticipating when they make that change in direction, and I want to see steps one and two and which way they're going. But after that, if you're in a team sport setting, you're probably like looking at the next athlete go, so you're not even actually watching your athletes do steps three through five, let alone wondering what it looked like. Yeah, well, I think we get caught up in early payday. You know, if those first two steps out of the cut look good, we're job done. Taking a quick break from the show, everybody. Promise this will take less than 15 seconds. Friendly reminder, go ahead, hit that subscribe button below. It helps us out and it helps you out by being notified whenever we have new content come out. So hit that subscribe button. And with this, let's get back to the show. How do we balance that with the same thing that being taught of like, okay, if within a kinematic sequence and understanding like, Hey, if somebody did a B, I am actually answering my own question. Like, okay. Within the, the, um, the lift, if somebody was at the bottom, the mid and the top, and that's what they looked like throughout it, probably pretty good. Well, we're only looking at the first two steps. We're not looking at the rest of it. So that, I answered my own question as I was. Yeah. I, I, and people go, Oh, you're doing my head in this is beyond my pay grade. Strength coaches do a great job in the weight room. You got starting postures and angles, you got mid lift postures and angles, and you got finish angles and then catching angles. You have a model in there and you have a bandwidth. So if you got a middle school kid, the bandwidth's a little wider on some of those, you know, where if you're training Olympic level Olympic lifter, the bandwidth is very narrow, right? Mm hmm. So we already have that tool. PTs have that tool in the clinic. Like you don't see any PT say, well, just do the rubber band thing how you feel. They're <laughs> like, okay, put your wrist here, your fingers here, go to here, feel this tension, go to here. They have a model. But then when it comes to the field, it's like, oh, there's no model. There's and, and as getting, again, full circle, getting back to what you said, there is a growing model for sprinting, and upright running the linear stuff but there is less and less on the decelerative and the change in direction work yeah that's that's why i'd encourage people to look into damien and, and guys like that that are doing pioneer work there and it's a blue ocean right now because there's not as many people doing it well you can build a mousetrap everybody's bitching about building their business well you know add a layer to your toolbox um, as you were talking about, you know, the different, the, the 1080 or the other uh, product. And again, that wasn't just them. It's any of these new tech things out on the field, um, from somebody that has been around and seen this field evolve for so long, looking back, you know, in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands and the tens and now the twenties, like it would be impossible for me to be like, Oh, figure out the, like globally what have been the good and the bad and just to hear from somebody that isn't whether you're going to say it or not that is a giant in this field like just talk about the evolution and the pros and the cons in the weight room and on the field well you you remember the genome project the movie no you know where they figured out the the genome the dna and all of that and it was going to revolutionize medicine yes well, that was 30 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. How are we doing? It depends on who you ask and where you ask it, right? <laughs> well, I think it's the same thing with tech. Like, it's how you use it, when you use it. You know, a lot of people collect data and it just sits on a server. You know, like, can you get buy-in from the athlete, from the coaching members and whatnot? So it's not just enough to have a a technology instrument that collects really reliable, valid data. It's like, what do you do with it? 
What are the action points? How do you teach it? How do you build bridges between stages of evolution, you know, using that technology? So I think the gap is, is in pedagogy, we don't know how to teach with the data that we're being received. Because we're getting bogged down by the results or because we don't know what we're teaching? Probably both. Yeah. Because there's probably not enough people though doing the, because the reason I ask this question is from somebody like you with the background at, you know, LSU and the colleges and then with track and USA track and field, like there was no other technologies. There was none of this. Oh, I don't feel good. And this number tells me not to do it. You, it was like, Hey, we're, we're going to lift, we're going to run. And it's okay. If you don't feel like great, you, you kind of just had to work through it all. So you had to learn and earn your stripes for lack of a better term. So you understand how to coach it better, which was why I was wondering like your take on it all, because it was like, Hey, look, we're, we're going to do some of these basic and just build general strength in the weight room as we continue to get better running on the field. 